0: What I'd like to share with you today um, is just what has motivated me uh, to devote so much of my life to studying the mighty deeds of God, and what would motivate you uh, or any Christian person to study the mighty deeds of God by reading books like these um, that I've written about the glory of god glory through time um these are my my most recent two books and uh and then i'm teaching a class basically it's a class that's going to study the history of the mighty deeds of god um so why would a person want to take a class like that or why would a person want to read books like that that look at god's power his Outpourings uh, of power and the the things that he's done to to transform nations, why would that be of interest to anybody? well, let's just look at that for a minute um, when you don't really know what God has done, I mean God, what God has done um it it weakens your faith because your faith rests on an untested set of theories. In other words, uh, you you go to church and you believe what the preacher says, but at some point you gotta test out what uh, Christians believe. Um, the testing of our faith is what strengthens our faith because you pray, God answers, and then you see that God does things. So, for example, let me, let me tell a story. My mother, uh, back in 1972, was stricken with a brain hemorrhage. I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at that time and had uh, witnessed about that to my mom and my dad. But uh, while my dad had, had joined a, a charismatic prayer group, my mom was really not happy about this turn of events at all but then she had this brain hemorrhage. My dad took his his prayer group up to pray for her in the hospital, and she was miraculously healed of the brain hemorrhage, a back disability, and an ulcer all at once. And so she walked out of that hospital uh, a new person and uh, suddenly had a deep respect for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit generally, And so um, that was an example of a mighty deed of God. God did that. So, why would we want to remember that? Uh, When God does something strong, uh, our faith enters into a new season where we realize, we've realized God does stuff. It's not just theories, but it's reality and when you study the things that god has done not only for you but for others and for nations and for the whole history of our world it it puts your faith on a different footing not no longer a theological footing but a historical footing history is full of facts but christians have allowed the fact of god's mighty deeds to be forgotten, to slip away out of our memory banks so that we just don't remember exactly what he did do. And the result of that is our faith becomes weaker and weaker because it would be just like me forgetting what God did for my mother. Uh, He did that so that we would walk in a greater faith. Do you see this point? So, why would we want to study the mighty deeds of God in the past so that we could understand what God can do, and we'd have more of, an, uh, of a of a faith in the power of God and what God can do for us today? Um, so I think, for example of a uh, hundred years ago, Sigmund Freud wrote uh, a book called "The Future of an illusion." he He believed that church dogmas are just, well, he said, these which are church dogmas are not the residue of experience. So what he is thinking is that church leaders just pull these things out of the air and say, you need to believe this because I say so. And uh, our church believes this. And uh, you need to study our catechism and uh there's nothing behind it in other words there's nothing real but we have science today this is what uh uh sigmund freud believed and and science has a method of of studying the difference between myth and reality okay so um freud just believed that science was going to replace uh god and and Everything, every time you have a problem, you can now consult science because science is rooted in fact. Well, what he didn't realize, you see, and what many Christians don't realize is that Christianity is just as much based on fact as science is. When God healed my mother of three things at once, that was a fact. It was rooted not in science, but in experience. And experience uh, uh, is a valid way of learning about life. It's not just science that's a valid way, but our experience is. And so I like to say that uh, the mighty deeds of God are as factual and historical as the Great Wall of China or Abraham Lincoln's beard. It's just as much truth as uh, anything uh, conducted under scientific experiment. But we need to remember what God has done. And then that uh, builds our faith uh, that God can do it again. And so that kind of leads me to the second point I'd like to make, and that is that... uh, there has been a tendency for people to take credit for the things that God has done. So uh, the way we tell stories about our Christian past, it makes it seem as though it was all John Calvin, or it was all Martin Luther, or it was all uh, our great Christian leaders of the past. Um, I remember reading uh, Alexis de Tocqueville and his Book Democracy in America and how he was, he was impressed with this country and its its culture, which was different from France. And so, what was it that was so successful about this experiment of America? He wanted to come here and and write about that, and he did in his book Democracy in America. But um, what he said was, "Its pulpits aflame with righteousness." And um, that's the secret, all right, and uh, you, would, you would draw a conclusion from that, that the seminaries are doing a really good job of training people to preach, and, uh, and then they send them out, and they preach really powerful sermons, and, and it's, Pope aflame with righteousness is the key to the success of America. In a way, that's true, but in another way, that's not looking deep enough. Because prior to the pulpits aflame with righteousness, God was doing some things. And he was bringing revival tides and great awakenings. And uh, and these were things that he did. This is not because people had good seminaries or that their, their colleges were run by Clergy people, um, that is a result, not a cause. And so you look at the cause, it gets down to the mighty deeds of God. But if you forget the mighty deeds of God, you see, you end up taking credit. I mean, it was because so-and-so did this, and -and so-and-so did that. And we had these good churches, and this good denomination, um and 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 our our schools were really really good schools so um you you misinterpret and you leave out god's part of history and, uh, and it it causes you to take credit for things that uh really god did not we so uh why do we in america this this country of ours uh, have such an excellent country, a unique country. Um, it 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 isn't because of all the great Christians. It's because we have the only country in the world where there has been, from the very beginning of our national life, mighty outpourings of the Spirit that I call revival tides, and they have been consistent every century, again and again and again. God has had mercy on us by his grace and his sovereign will. His sovereign will is what has produced what we have here, as well as great Christians who have served him well. All right, and then the third point, why would we profit from studying the mighty deeds of God, is that it It causes you to see... um. The kingdom of God advances through the sovereignty of God and the outpourings of his spirit. And those do not happen because of human effort, but because of prayer. God has established his church as a house of prayer for all nations. Then Jesus became the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He raised up a royal priesthood. And uh, the long and the short of it is when you study the mighty deeds of God, you also study the history of prayer. Those two things are linked together. And uh, so you realize uh, what it is that produces the mighty deeds of God. It doesn't produce them, but it invites them. And then uh, you see the, the the importance of prayer. So in... Uh, The book of Habakkuk, you know, we read, I stand in awe of your deeds in our day, renew them, renew them in our time. When you see, when you stand in awe of his deeds, there is a tendency to want him to do the things again that he did before. And without that, um, you're going to be much more likely to rely on your own abilities, your own uh, education, your own... Uh, sense of right and what, what would be the right thing to do. And you're going to imitate other people who are doing that as well. Um, when you study the mighty deeds of God, it opens your eyes to God's unique way of working, which is through the prayers of the saints. I've been uh, talking about the workings of God and, and in a way you you can't grow in the life and the spirit or advance the kingdom of God by reading books or taking classes. Um, it's opening your your life to the Holy Spirit and, uh, and listening to God and allowing him to speak to you and guide you and make you sensitive to what he wants to do next. And that is uh, so important. But there is another way that book study, and taking classes is important. Um, You can't really understand the history of God's mighty deeds unless you have someone who follows the rules of historical inquiry, which are scholarly rules. Um, uh, we, We learn not to... To tell stories that aren't true, in other words, and there are certain ways that we we put to test the the things that are claimed. Uh, eyewitness testimony is a great thing and uh, and so we learn to to be skeptical of things, but then other things we learn uh not to be skeptical because God did God did it you see so you have to you have to develop some discernment here in telling the truth and uh the scholarly world has developed the principles for telling the truth that we try to follow so um reading books that are truly historical and follow the truth and tell the truth that involves some scholarship and it's, it involves books and taking classes and things of that nature that um, are valuable. And and so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm saying there is a place for scholarship uh, for those who really want to follow Jesus. I believe that myself and in my books. I try to follow those principles of scholarship. And even though the, the spirit-filled life is not a head trip, you can gain from books, and classes, and that's why I'm offering the books that I've written and the classes that I'm teaching.